1: Good morning, BuckNutters. Welcome to the BuckNuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, March 25th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Day 14 without sports, Bax, but the BuckNuts Morning 5 rolls on. People want to know, like a big question I get from almost everybody, what's the team doing right now? Well, it's very simple. Coach Mickey Moratti sent all the players' workout videos to do on their own. So the players are working out on their own. That's probably no surprise to anybody right now. You don't want a bunch of guys congregating or even a small bunch or a small group of guys congregating. You don't want guys touching the same metal bar. So these guys are working out on their own. They're hoping to get back maybe sometime in April. I don't know if that's realistic, but uh no surprise they're back. That's what the team is doing right now.
0: Yeah, and let's be real honest here. Uh the getting workouts from Coach Mick to do at home uh isn't the same thing as working out with your team. Uh, anybody who's ever been in a competitive team environment where the team works out together, lives together, all that stuff, you know, you, your life is consumed by it. And, like, you're pushed harder by trying to do your best for the people around you. And it's it's easier to forget that whenever you're in a basement gym at home with whatever you can do to pull together to get your weights done because half these places these kids are living don't even have open public gyms. It's not like they can go to L.A. Fitness, right? Um you know, so that makes it difficult. Uh, you know, look, they're, they're doing their best to stay in shape, but this was one of the things I talked about last weekend in the bucket. One of the uh, effects of this cause of the uh, the coronavirus situation is that these kids aren't working out in the environment that you would expect an elite team to be in, and this is all teams, right? So the younger guys aren't learning the key discipline that you have to have to really build yourself the way you need to. The older guys aren't being pushed. None of them are being monitored by coaches who get them to the extra level. If you could just make yourself an elite athlete without coaches, then you wouldn't need coaches, right? There's a reason these guys are paid all this money. So, you know, they're doing the best they can, um, but it's not going to be the same. And there's a lot of worries about how this is going to affect more injuries or people being different levels of ready, or you're going to have some people who you were sure were going to be great, and then they got back home and, Maybe they didn't have the ability to work out, or maybe they got distracted by people back home, or whatever, right? You know, and end of the day, it's a different experience for somebody who lives in New York City being stuck back home versus somebody who's stuck back home in Texas where things are pretty normal. So, you know, we're going to have a wide disparity of conditioning. We're going to have a wide disparity of kids who are doing what needs to be done, you know, because in one person's eye, enough is enough, but you don't really learn what's really enough until you've gone through a couple years of the program. So, This is something every school is going to have. There's going to be way more uncertainty going into this football season than I could ever imagine any other season.
1: It's been a while since the media has spoken with Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. That will change later today. I'm excited about that. We're going to have a teleconference with Ryan Day today at 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock Eastern, so keep it locked to Bucknuts for that. Backs, I mean, there's going to be a bevy of questions thrown at him. What are some of the things that uh, you're hoping will get asked and just some of the things that you're uh, looking forward to hearing from Coach Day today?
0: I want to know how the guys rehabbing are able to actually handle their rehab with the athletic facilities supposedly closed. Are they able to have any sort of uh, of support for the rehab? I mean, this is pretty important for OSU, uh, especially the running back position. When you have Teagan Crowley, who are both rehabbing from injuries, you know, and one of the reasons we talk about how quickly people have been coming back from injuries lately is because of the insane levels of rehab that people are able to go through with the modern medical facilities that are available. Well, a lot of these maybe aren't going to be available. Some of these team doctors are actually probably busy dealing with with people who have COVID or the players simply can't get in there to get into oxygenated facilities and run into pools, right? What kind of support is there for all the kids who are currently injured? I mean, I think that's another major concern. Uh, particularly at running back, you know, for OSU, the longer Trey Sermon takes to get here, maybe the better, because I don't know what lockdown's like in Oklahoma right now, but they probably have more access to stuff than we do here. So I'm really want to know what's going on with the kids who are rehabbing. And are they able to use the facilities since there's a more limited number of them? Are they able to get access to some of that stuff that they need or are they shut out like everybody else who's healthy?
1: I also can't wait to ask him how the hell are you recruiting so well during this time period? It's it's unbelievable. I I just want to hear his answer.
0: I feel like his answer is going to be, oh, you know, there's not a lot to do when you're sitting around and you can't run practice, and so we'll watch a little bit of film. And, you know, you have the opportunity to reach out to these fine young men and get to know them a little bit better. And it'll it'll be a classic, you know, humble, Trestles kind of comments from Ryan Day. He's not going to come out and say the truth, which is, yeah, we're effing killing it. We're awesome. Yeah, I'm one of the best coaches in the country, and kids want to be here. Look at my staff, right? Hey, hey, Michigan, where are all your recruits? Oh, wait, you ain't got none. He's not going to say that, even though that's what he's thinking, right? So, <laughs> like, I mean, let's, let's be real here, too. There's a lot more going on that we haven't publicly seen come out yet, right? So, OSU's in the midst of a ridiculous run, but Ryan Day, he's not going to let his internal monologue come out. Like, we need, like, a translating Ryan Day. Remember when we, like, used to do translating trestle back in the day? Where, you know, he would say, like, like three minutes worth of, like, mush, and we'd have to somewhat try to find something in it. Ryan Day is going to be like, you know, how do we, like, unhumble him, right? Like, (laughs) that's what we're going to be looking for out of this from him. If he'll say something like, well, you know, things are going pretty well. Yeah, translation.
1: We're killing it!
0: That's what he's going to be essentially saying.
1: Speaking of killing it, they're going to land Travion Henderson later this week. You yep. never say 100% in recruiting, but I'll go about 99.99999% on Travion Henderson. And I think it's going to happen on Friday. I think he'll probably announce on Friday. We thought it might happen Monday. Looks like he'll probably announce on Friday. And the Buckeyes will land the number one running back in the country according to the 24-7 sports rankings, the number two running back according to the composite. Obviously great news for the Buckeyes backs.
0: Yeah, throw that in with the number five running back committing last week, and you have uh, two of the top five tailbacks in the country committed to Ohio State in this class, and there's a very realistic path here that they would have gotten another one of the top five tailbacks had the top, other top two tailbacks not jumped in. So right now, like, you know, I, I love how they're trying to spin this. Is like Michigan has a new opportunity with Donovan Edwards. Uh, Ohio staff wasn't, quote, open with him. Oh, bullpucky. Let's be real honest here. Uh, the only reason Donovan Edwards isn't in this class is because he was waiting longer to make his decision. He's not ready to make his choice, and two top five tailbacks wanted in, and OSU went, sorry, not passing these guys up. But that's, that's the only reason Michigan's quote in it, and that kid's going to end up at Georgia anyways. So whatever. So I mean, at the end of the day, you've got the number one tailback and the number five tailback in a class where you desperately needed two tailbacks. And OSU has been nothing more than upfront with these kids saying, look, we need to. We didn't get the guys we needed last cycle. You know, no offense to Mayan Williams, but, like, you didn't get the guys you thought you were getting, right? I don't want to ever say the name Bijan John Robinson again before the board blows its lid. But, you know, that's, that's the truth here is, is that OSU's last year with their running back recruiting wasn't where it needed to be. This year, it's where it needs to be. And they're telling all these top kids, look, we love X, Y, and Z here. But the first two will one in of a certain select group we're going to take. And guess what? Pryor and, you know, you can't see me winking, but I'll probably Henderson – is uh, is going to put together a really nice two-headed tailback situation for Ohio State in the 2021 class, which is shaping up to be one of the best classes anyone anywhere ever has ever pulled in.
1: Okay, let's get to the elephant in the room. And we're not doctors. We don't play well on podcasts, but we're, let's just give our opinions here. I'm curious to get your take on this. Are you concerned we might not have football this fall? Are you concerned we might – there might be a condensed season? They might knock off the, the non-conference season just – I get that question a lot. What's your take on that, Bex?
0: I think right now they have to plan for the contingency. Um, If you listen to the actual medical people, a.k.a. not you and me, the the time frame people keep talking about is three months if everybody does stuff right. And if you're listening to me, look, initially I didn't think this was a big deal either. It was very frustrating to me to see the economy get shut down over something that really there was no evidence of being here. But at this point, America is going to end up having more coronavirus cases than any any other country in America. There are people struggling with this. At the end of the day, it's going to overwhelm the hospital system. So the easiest way to guarantee a football season, people, is to go to your freaking houses and stay there. Don't let your kids play with your neighbor's kids. It sucks. I'm in that spot, too. My kids are stir-crazy. When we take them out, we have to make them, you know, keep at arm's length from all their little buddies in the neighborhood, and it's not fun. I don't want to be working from home. You don't want to be working from home. A lot of people don't want to be out of jobs. All right? But that's the situation we're in. So the sooner we all do this crap, and separate socially. And then we can figure out who has it and doesn't have it. Then you can start isolating cases. Then you can start actually testing who has it. And then you can start doing what people in other countries have done that like South Korea, not China, because I don't believe a damn word that comes out of commie land. But in South Korea, they figured out who hadn't seen who, who had it, and then they can test you. And as our testing ramps up, more and more Americans are gonna know, hey, I gotta spend two weeks at home because I'm theoretically contagious, right? And in the interim, as time goes on, you think we're not gonna have more treatments? Modern medicine can deck stuff like this. This isn't cancer, right? This isn't Ebola. This is something we will find a way to treat. So the sooner we all just suck it up, deal with the crappy short termitude, the more likely we are to have a normal football season. All right. I can't put it more bluntly than that. I'm not trying to preach it to anybody. I'm not trying to say that, you know, you shouldn't have your individual freedoms, but end of the day, you want a football season, just suck it up and do what we're all doing right now. Okay. I'm not happy to be locked in my house. Neither are you, but that's where we're at. So, I believe we're going to have a football season. I believe we're going to get this thing figured out. I do believe during football season that they're going to do some basic testing stuff, right? You're going to – by the time this testing becomes widespread into the millions, you're going to have people getting tested every two weeks for COVID if they haven't got it yet, right? That's just what's going to happen. They may do temperature checks to go into the horseshoe, right? So don't get too drunk and sweaty before you go in. I can see that happening. But realistically speaking, by September, I do believe we're going to be back to a somewhat place of normalcy, right? It's just going to be a little bit of a vigilance that we never had before over stuff like this, right? So I think we're going to have a football season. I really do. Heck, I'm optimistic in thinking that while the Olympics and everything are canceled, the NBA and the NHL are going to come back at some point in July and get us some playoffs through August. Maybe their seasons will start a little later. So, you know, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but it's going to take everybody actually doing what we're asked to do. And that, that means taking this stuff seriously. And, again, I'm not happy about it. You're not happy about it. Nobody's really happy about it. But let's just get through it, and then we can get back to what we actually want to do, which is watch sports. Because right now we could be talking about the tournament. You know, we could be we could be talking about the playoff pushes for the Blue Jackets and, the, and, well, not the Cavs. But you know what I mean? Like, this is stuff we should be doing. So the sooner we get back to normalcy, the happier we're all going to be. And that's just the end of the day. So I think we're having a football season is the short answer to a very long response from me.
1: Very well said. Last thing on the show today, another thing people keep asking are winter athletes from this past collegiate season going to get an extra year of eligibility? If people have not heard, no, they will not. So if you're an Andre Wesson, uh, people like that, that or senior basketball players or senior athletes, um, in any winter sport or just, you know, winter athletes in general. There's some talk, if you're a sophomore, you should get an extra year. There's not going to be extra eligibility for winter athletes this past season. It's not perfect, and I do feel for those, those kids, but at least they're able to, those young men and women, but at least they were able to play their entire regular season. I don't have a problem with this. I might be in the minority. Just curious to get your take on no extra eligibility for the winter athletes in NCAA.
0: Yeah, it sucks they lost their championship opportunities. I genuinely feel bad for all those kids. If I was in their shoes, I'd be just heartbroken, right? And it, it's going to suck when the Olympics don't happen this year and they have to push their training cycles back another year. And a lot of people put their lives on hold after working for years towards Olympic qualification, right? Um, but at the end of the day, look, the basketball season's made it essentially the whole way through. The hockey season's made it essentially the whole way through. Those are your two big money-making winter sports right, Um, and if those kids aren't going to get extra eligibility, then none of the other sports are either, so baseball, lacrosse, all of them apparently are going to get another opportunity, there's going to have to be like a one-year waiver for roster sizes and scholarship limits just to account for all these kids, because that sucks too, think about it, if you're like a, you're a senior baseball player, you played three games, and and if that, right, because they're just starting down south, and then your season's stopped, and then next year you have to come in, and you have to fight with all these new freshmen, we're gonna have less opportunity to play because you're all on this overloaded roster. So that all sucks, but I think it's a better option than taking away seasons for people, right? Um, you know, it's the same with lacrosse, right? You're gonna have even more people on the sideline when you already have like a whole like marching band waiting to get on the field. But in the end, I, I think the winner. The truth is, the winner kids got the vast majority of the opportunity. It's kind of like in baseball, right? What is it? They have to get through five and or five and a half innings. Is that what it is? Bottom of the fifth, and the game is official, and. I hate to say it, but they're they're well into the eighth inning of their season. So, you know, if this is a baseball analogy that this is the rain out in the eighth inning and it sucks the game couldn't finish, but that's where we're at. Um, you know, so I, I think it, you can understand the decision even if it, you know it sucks. I think we can understand the, probably the maybe the right decision even though it's a decision that sucks.
1: Great stuff as always from the people's champ Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column on Bucknuts every Sunday. It is the bucket. It is must-read material. Thank you very much, Bax, and thanks to our listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's try the Buckeye swag. Best band in the land.